We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 268. So, Scott, since the Yankees absolutely suck, maybe we just talk about something else today. Like, this is no longer a Yankees podcast. What do you want to talk about? NFL, politics, movie, TVs? What do you want to talk about? Well, I certainly can't talk about the NFL because, uh, you know, we, have my, we had our one week of, of glory with the Jets and then brought, brought very much back down to earth. So, uh, it's uh, no longer... I can certainly not talk about that. But... Um, 
Yeah, I'm I'm good to talk about anything else. You know, we've been talking. I feel like we've been talking about the same goddamn Yankees team for you know the past month and a half. It's a uh, you know same story, different day. That's that's what it, that's what's happening. It's extremely frustrating. What yeah. struggling is one thing, but when you have to watch the same things go wrong day in and day out, I'm losing my mind. I'm losing my mind with this team, and we've we've said it for like you said a month and a half, two months at this point. See, I'm at a point though. I'm almost at a like a. a uh, you know, I feel I feel like I'm medicated at this point. You know what I mean? Like I'm just I'm just numb to it. And you know, I so nothing surprises me anymore. I'm certainly not getting like as upset as I was. I don't know um, a few weeks ago. I just uh, I just it's almost laughable at some of these things. You know, the amount of bases loaded opportunities that are not being uh, taken advantage of, unless unless it's Miguel Andujar, or you know, just the the pitcher's not going deep, or anybody, you know, one or two people playing well, and then everybody else around them sucking. It's just I, I don't know. I, I'm, I feel numb at this point because uh, I, I, I feel like I just need this wild card game to happen so that we can move forward. Because at this point, I feel like I'm on a treadmill going two miles per hour, and it's and it's it's uh, it's just infuriating. So why get upset? Well, that's dangerous because if they were to play the wild card game tomorrow or, or in two days from now, they're most certainly lose with how they're trending at this point. They need to snap out of it. I've been saying that for a month that this team needs to snap out of it, and they just can't seem to do it. They need, um, they need Aaron Judge in the lineup. I think that's, right. that, that's exactly what needs to happen. That needs to happen. The shirts for our, our Bronx Pinstripes outing were the most, tr- the, the, the most real truth you could possibly imagine. <laughs> The Empire needs Judge back. It does. And not this half-ass, let's put him out there and have him, you know, like wave high to everybody like it was a freaking parade when he You're goes to the right field. Move. And, You're not a fan and of that move? And just bring in people so that they can buy a bunch of beer and hot dogs and, and, uh, and Judge jerseys for the, the last homestand. You know, and he can't swing a bat. Let's just put, put him out there and parade him around like a, like a freaking uh, caged animal in a zoo. Because that's what it felt mm-hmm. like. That's, that's exactly well, that's- what it was. That's Levine and, and Lontras sitting behind a spreadsheet saying, well, if we, if we tweet out that Aaron Judge is activated, that's going to sell another 4,622 yeah. tickets, and that's going to bring in X number of dollars. Cha-ching, let's do it. Because I've never in my baseball-watching life heard of somebody being activated just to play defense and pinch run so he can have an influence over the team. Because I've been watching this team for the last two months, and every damn day I see Aaron Judge on the bench. Yeah. So I don't know now, just because he can play defense in the eighth and ninth inning, what that's going to do for this team. It's, a, it's kind of a slap in the face to every Yankee fan out there who really follows this team and, and sees that Aaron Judge is actually there with the guys. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's like, are we, all, are we all stupid? Are we all that dumb? That, I think that, that some now people are that dumb. No, I know, but... the. There are definitely some people who, out there who, who are like, yes, okay. And, and the people who are going to some of those games are like, oh, okay, maybe we can see Aaron Judge and like a little kid. I get that. That's cool for that little kid. But you know what? I'm not that little kid anymore. <laughs> I'm a guy who likes to follow this team. And it's almost an insulting move uh, to, to, do, to do that at this point because it's, it, it does absolutely nothing. Literally nothing. Like he's taking batting practice, but he could do that anyway. He's... he's uh, going to go out in the field. What is he going to pinch run? I said on Twitter, I'm like, if he pitches run, if he pinch runs for anybody, so help me God, because th- th- I can absolutely see it. Now, now pinch running in the ninth inning in an eight-one game for whomever. Aaron Judge pulled hamstring. Gary Sanchez. Yeah, pulled hamstring. <laughs> done for the playoffs. 
<laughs> you know, it's like, what's the point of that? I, I don't understand. He's there. He's with the guys. It's not like you're getting him, uh, you know, acclimated to the atmosphere anymore. It's 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 just ridiculous. It, it was, was absolutely a, a ploy. But I was talking to some of the guys uh, at the BP Crew event on Saturday who were at the game on Friday. Shout out to the to Ian from New Zealand and uh, Richard and Andrew from from the UK and some of the guys who had to travel. They figured let's just do the whole weekend type thing um go to a few games they said when judge came in in the eighth inning the place erupted of course Friday it did night. yeah I, I mean i get it it's gonna if he's there and he's gonna get into the game the people at the stadium are gonna go nuts for him um and, and you know maybe it's that maybe it's just it's nice it, maybe uh maybe i'm looking at it the wrong way maybe i'm just uh i'm looking at it with the the wrong perspective maybe it's just a thank you to no, the fans maybe it's, it's just a thank you to the fans at- who are gonna try Aaron judge out for for a half inning so you can see him no, In we're looking field. at it the correct way. This is the correct way to look at it. It's <laughs> bullshit. It's the dumbest reason I have ever heard come out of Aaron Boone, Brian Cashman, whoever's mouth that uh, – what did Boone say? He said, well, he thinks Judge's presence on the bench will be a good boost for the players. <laughs> it's laughable. Yeah. I laughed out loud when I read that on Twitter. I mean, he's there. He's been there. I've seen him. He's waving towels. He's making jokes. They're doing all the things. He's just not playing. And what's the difference? So he goes out and, and plays right field for, and literally he was like playing to the crowd. It was so it was weird. It was like he was out there and like tipping his cap and like waving just to people. Happy to be and back. Like, it happy was it was it was a spectacle. It was strange. It was very. His, it was a very strange thing. His spot in the order was cu- was going to come up next, uh, and Boone was asked if he had come up, would you have let him hit? And Boone said, absolutely not. Why would we do that? He's he's not healthy. <laughs> Why would we do that? He's only here. Well, apparently he's only taken wave. batting practice, which, as you know, is 65, 70 mile an hour meatballs down the plate. He hasn't taken batting practice with regular game speed pitches. Um, and I guess they're still worried about the health of the hand. Right. So then don't activate him. That's the next step for him to take um, batting practice. They were saying on the broadcast today for him to take batting practice off the machine that can throw like 98 miles an hour. Because last time I looked, this team has not hit the ball very well. Over the last you know few weeks, there's a lot of streaky guys. So now we're activating a, a Aaron Judge who can't hit, who can't help this team really in any way. He's going to go in there and and what play? You want him to play defense in a crucial time? No, you don't. That's not. He's going. Well, he's in. a he's a great defender. He is a great a, defender, a plus, but you're not gonna you're not gonna have him like hurt his hand if it's if the hand is still hurt. He's not going to be out there in crucial situations. You're not going to want him to like dive after the ball and things. So he's going to be holding back, right? It's not like he can actually do everything because I'm sure the Yankees said, "Hey, if there's a ball that you don't think you can get easily, don't go after it or, or don't don't ex- don't exert yourself." He's got to get his feet wet. He's got to get the butterflies out of his stomach. So, get back in action. It's been it's been it's two months pretty but, much since he's been been out. Maybe there's a guy. Maybe there's a guy that can that's playing for. For Scranton, they, those guys have been playing pretty well. They're pretty hyped up. They've been, uh, you know, getting uh, going to the, the championship series. Maybe there's a guy down there that's like that's that's incredibly hot and could come up and, and help the team. Maybe there's a guy like that. Maybe McBroom is is a guy that could come up and actually help the team hit the ball, field the ball at a high level, and try to do everything he can. It's a guy getting a shot. No, they're not going to motivate the players. Uh, it's just it's like you know after all these things are happening and then they do something like that and you're like and you're supposed to just. You're supposed to just look at that and be like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 that's, that's, that's really good for this team. 
It that's, doesn't make sense. That's uh, they. That's the Yankees knowing that we will eat up anything that has Aaron Judge's name on it. Like, yeah. oh look, flashy things. Let's distract you from how shitty the team is playing. Aaron Judge's quote back. Right. Go buy tickets. Go buy beer. Go sit in the judges' chambers. Wear the robe. Buy the All Rise T-shirts. Cha-ching. That's all this is, and it's bullshit. And it pissed me off. Yeah, me too. It did. It, it, it was uh, when I saw it. I did a double take. First of all. Uh, well, first of all, I got very excited. That was the first thing I did, and because then the I read headline. You and see then I read the, activated, and then I read the details of the email from the Yankees PR saying not able to hit. Like you got to be kidding me! <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It is uh, on the list of re- the long list of ridiculous things that has been going on with this team in the second half of the season. Add this one on that list. Ah. Uh, <sighs> Let's uh, talk about the uh, the six the event on Saturday and also the six events that we had this season because it uh, it feels like at the same time a very long time ago and just yesterday that we had that first event back in April. Yeah, it was. Um, first of all, the whole season was a lot of fun when we were doing these events. We did six events. It was uh, it was <laughs> it was a lot of events. Honestly, it was a lot of events. It was pretty much one every single month and. Um, uh, when I when I had planned those last year, I'm like, you know, I was I was uh, I I didn't have a lot of I wanted to get it back into things at that point, and then when I put those on the list, I'm like, yeah, one a month, no problem, and it just be, it became a, a a a lot of a lot of events, and it was a lot of fun every single one of these events because we had a lot of people that came multiple times, we had big groups come, um, we people just, from out of town, out of state, out I of mean, country. Lots of people traveled for for these events to come to Yankee Stadium to uh, to sit with a group of Yankee uh, Yankee fans and, and just have a good time and and to you know to hang out and talk before the game and during the game and all those things and, and you know the 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 reason we started this right was to build uh, an, an a real life Yankees community of people who want to go to games who enjoy who are passionate about this team. And want to go together with a with another with a group of people that maybe they know, maybe they don't know, and uh, you can make friends within it, and you can just have a, a good time, and everybody's there for the same reason. And that's I think we accomplished that. I think we accomplished the very start of that. the The thing that that I'd like to make very well clear is that this is just the start. Like this was the first year we have done this, or I'm sorry, this was the second year we had done this. The last year was kind of at the end of the season. We started, uh, we did one event, and then we added a tack on. It was kind of like a an experiment. This was more of an experiment for a season, and it went really well. There's a lot of things that I think um, that we can improve on and, and grow this community even more. And, and I think one of the biggest things is getting everybody who's gone to the events, who, who is um, a lot of people who have come to many, uh, you know, multiple events, to start getting a lot more of these guys involved with, um, with the events and, 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 and involved in the planning and doing all these things. So that's, that's kind of like next phase is to start bringing in a lot more people. So if you are one of those guys or girls who was, uh, who's been coming to the games, who is uh, super you know, passionate about this and these events and getting all uh, Yankees fans together and, and just growing this crew, um, definitely get in touch with us because that's something that's going to be a big focus this offseason is growing the, uh, the crew, the Bronx Pinstripes crew. Um, and I'm just so thankful for everybody. It's been, uh, it's been really just amazing talking and meeting all these people every uh, for all these events and all year long. Uh, and, you know, we've made friends through this and uh, I'm just I'm just excited for uh, for what's to come in the future. Very well said. Yes, it was it was a lot of fun. Every single event was unique uh, in its own way. A lot of people, like you said, um, who came to multiple events. Uh, so a lot of familiar faces, a lot of new faces. And it's always humbling 
when you hear or talk to somebody who says that they traveled from a far distance, um, whether it's just for the event, just for the game, just to see the Yankees, just to see New York and, and travel to the States for, for a week or whatever, it's a lot of fun to talk to those people and, and hear where they came from and how they became a baseball fan, how they became a Yankees fan, how they, you know, some people listen to the podcast, some people listen or uh, hear us on or follow us on Instagram, some people just follow us on Twitter. So everyone is uh, following in a different way. Uh, some people, um, you know, are new, some people are old to the, uh, to the podcast and stuff like that. So definitely a lot of fun. Um, and I just echo everything you said. Yeah, and and you know again, just the, to reiterate the sentiment, we're, we're growing this thing even more. You know, we're we're uh, already starting to think about what's going to happen in 2019. Um, we're, we did a big, a pretty good size. I think we had what 40 some around 40 people, 30 to 40 people at spring training. We're going to do another uh, one like that in spring training. Um, we're going to do stadium events, obviously, and then uh, away games. We're definitely going to be circling some uh, some away stadiums. And something that we started this year, kind of, that was, uh, and we started really just bringing in information, and like people would uh, send us emails saying that they were interested. But um, we're we're definitely doing. I have I have a, a, an entire email folder just you know to the side of uh, of bookmarked emails that I need to respond to people, and I plan to do this in the off season. As uh, one of my off-season projects, but we're going to grow this out-of-town thing where where people are going to be captaining certain cities and then helping plan, and that's what I'm talking about, like getting other people involved. We're going to start doing that through other cities. So um, if you have sent your stuff in, don't worry, we will get back to you. Uh, we're just going to do it in the off-season to make sure it's all done correctly. So Scott, you know what's not smart? Making the lottery the centerpiece of your retirement plan. Another thing that's not smart is letting your friends pick your karaoke song. Or something that's not smart is activating Aaron Judge off the disabled list just to fool a bunch of Yankees fans into buying tickets when he can't really hit. But you know what is smart? And that's going to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bronx to hire the right person. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you, it finds them for you. Its powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes, identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job, and actively invites them to apply so you get qualified candidates fast. That is why ZipRecruiter is rated number one by by employers in the U.S. Uh, So if you want to try ZipRecruiter for free, Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bronx. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bronx. One more time, ZipRecruiter.com slash Bronx to try it for free. So here we are, Sunday evening, after another pitiful Yankees loss. Current wild card standings, a game and a half over Oakland. But Thank you, Tampa. Uh, yeah, thank you, Tampa. But uh, it's actually uh, a little bit more than that over Oakland because the Yankees have the tiebreaker. So head-to-head matchups, they're tied 3-3, three and three, but for whatever reason, the second tiebreaker is your record within your own division. So the Yankees have a better record, believe it or not, playing the AL East than the Oakland A's have playing the AL West. How does that so make any why sense? It makes no goddamn sense. The fact of the matter is the Yankees have a little bit of an edge over Oakland because Oakland cannot tie the Yankees. If they finish tied, that game's at Yankee Stadium. Um, and then the Yankees are also eight and a half over Tampa and Seattle. And, and at this rate, with the way Tampa's playing, four games in Tampa, House of Horrors next week. Who knows? Maybe, maybe Tampa <laughs> also tracks down the Yankees. So, so that, that would be an epic comeback if, the, uh, if the, the Tampa Bay Devil Rays came back from eight back in the wild card by sweeping at the trap. That would be a that would be a storyline. I, I, that would I, be a storyline. I, do right. I don't think I'd make it through those four days. I Jesus. think I'd have... An aneurysm or something. Yeah, that's um, 
first of all, so it's basically it's set. I mean, I, I, let's all let's all be honest. It's it's pretty set in the fact that the Oakland A's and the New York Yankees are going to be playing this wild card. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of if the Yankees can pull their shit together and actually win more games than the Oakland A's for the rest of the season because they have a very difficult schedule coming up. You know, yeah. for 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 them, they have Boston twice now, and Tampa, and then the Orioles, who you know they should beat, but haven't really done very well this year against the Orioles in certain because the Blue Jays are also done the Blue Jays have been done for two months and they just took two out of three from you and the Yankees have done very well against the uh against the Blue Jays this year yeah so so it's uh yeah so this team needs to get their head out of their ass um that's that it's just slowly going further up their ass for the past month and a half (laughs) (laughs) you can't even see shoulders at this point anymore Uh, yeah I don't know what happens elbow deep in their own ass right now once you get past the chin, it's got to be a difficult proposition to get it back out, though. I got to tell you. Um, At what point does it? Right, but like eventually they're just going to go. All right, I'm not. I'm not going any further with this. Continue. So they this. I mean, this is it. This is it. You know, they they have to fix themselves. It has to happen from within. And you know, I saw rumors and reports that possibly Judge could hit maybe during the Boston series. Uh, you know, I don't know if those are accurate or if that's just more storylines trying to get more people. Um, not More that they tickets. need to really for the, the Red Sox series, but, um, you know, who knows at this point? The bottom line is, is this team, besides uh, Masahiro Tanaka and Miguel Andujar, need to start playing. That's it. Though All of these guys need to start playing except for those two because they've been doing very well. You know what else we're going to unfortunately have to watch this week? And that's the Red Sox clinching the division at Yankee Stadium because their elimination number is two right now in the division. So one Red Sox win and they win the AL East. Well, that's going to happen. I mean, it's inevitable, so it is what well, it is. No, I know, but, but it would be nice to not have to watch them pop champagne bottles in, in, the Yankees, in Yankee Stadium. Hey, maybe it'll piss the Yankees off enough where they actually start you know playing what? better. Maybe I don't it care. will. Yeah, maybe I, it will piss the Yankees at, at off. Some that's point, a good point. Because I want them to be miserable. I want them to be as miserable as I am. And, and I'm just not seeing it. There's too many happy answers at the end of the press conferences. There's too many like, well, it's still, oh, looking well, our, we're it's really still, good. Right. It's still, look at our record. We just need to get back on track. We have the talent in the clubhouse to do big things this year. Well, start fucking playing like it. Yeah. It's, it's getting to, it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's irritating to hear it. So just don't say it. Just, just don't say it. Just admit that you've been playing like dog shit and that's it. Don't talk about the potential. We all know what the potential is. We know what it is. We don't need to hear it from you. We don't need to hear you say that this is a good team uh, on paper. We know what it is on paper. It's a good team. We get it. It's a good team on paper. You need Aaron Judge back. You need to stop playing better. But that's also not an excuse. Just Aaron Judge being out is no. not an excuse for how this team has played for two months. No, but they do need it. <laughs> they of do. course they Honestly, need it. Aaron Judge the, is their the, best player. The problem and is... And he's one of the best players in baseball. The but, problem at this point is we don't know what, what Aaron Judge we're getting when he comes back. And, exactly. and I'm afraid that he's that he comes back and struggles mightily because he's not really healthy, and and then you know there's there's blame that starts falling on him. So people start turning on Aaron Judge. I'm afraid of that. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen though. I feel like if there's one guy that's bulletproof, it's Judge, the proverbial son. Yeah, he's he's the guy that he's the guy. If that anything, did, uh, just because fans look at how dog shit this team has been when he's been out and say well I guess Aaron Judge is even more important than we even realized yeah they need him bad in the, at least they have him in the dugout now well but no he's on the ro- he's on the active roster yeah yeah at least they have him in the dugout though you know but um, like in a his uniform? first to third speed is so average 
that it's going to motivate everybody on the team to rise up. They're all going to rise and play well. That's what's going to happen. What happens when he's uh, pinch running for somebody and then slides and twists the, the wrist or the wrist drags he, right. and what if hits he, a rock? What if he has to slide back into first because the pitcher's trying to pick him off right. and his hand, which is broken, Jams. is going to slam back into the, into the base, maybe gets cleated, maybe yeah. someone spikes him? If my pain is at a four, I'm not, I'm not trying to do that. You know? And if, I, if I'm a first baseman <clears throat> you know, of the other team, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to... Uh, not really going to be very uh, very careful with my feet. If you're if you're the Red Sox, don't yeah. want they, the Red Sox. Don't, I don't trust the Red Sox. Want to see, on first base. like if you're the Red Sox, you want to bury the Yankees. I don't trust the because, Orioles. <laughs> but but just think about this from the Red Sox perspective. They are the best team in baseball. They've had the best season out of anyone this season. They're going. They've they've known for a long time they're going to be playing the division series at home. So. Who do you think they'd rather see? They're not going to want to see the Yankees. No matter how crappy the Yankees are playing, they don't want to have to deal with that pressure of having to finally win a playoff series because they haven't done that since they won the World Series back in 2013. And then also having to do it against the Yankees. They much rather see Oakland coming into the division series. They want to bury the Yankees right now. No, that's true. There's no doubt about it. That's a good point because I I do think you're absolutely right. There's a – when when the Yankees and the Red Sox play each other – you know, it, it it doesn't matter. I don't think as much. You know how you're playing going into that series because there's it's just a different type of uh, feeling. I think when you're when you're in those games. So you know, a team that's not playing well could all of a sudden turn it around. I, I think that could happen a lot more when you're when you're dealing with like a, a big head-to-head rivalry like that. So certainly, yeah, I, I think that's a, a very good point. And yes, the Red Sox are definitely going to try to bury the Yankees this this coming week. There's no doubt about it. You mentioned um, one of one of the guys that's been the only bright spot for the Yankees. That's been Tanaka. Uh, they he pitched great on Friday. Another great performance from him. It was an easy win on Friday. It was the first one in a long time. Now he's up to twenty consecutive scoreless innings, and at this point, he is by far, I think, the Yankees' best starting pitcher, best option for that wild card game, which we keep talking about. Uh, really, really good stuff. Da- getting stronger from Tanaka out of, uh, as the season nears it, nears its end. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, he's been so good. I mean, I don't think there's really a dispute at this point now who the best Yankees pitcher is um, in the second half or in, and up until, you know, who wants a, a wild card. Like, uh, to me, that discussion is, is really over because you can't trust Severino right now um, for, for the way that he's been throwing. And Tanaka's been by far the best, uh, the best Yankees pitcher. And, and uh, you know, I, I don't think there's really a debate any longer. I think Tanaka would be the guy. Uh, well, the only given, debate given I think spot. even would be with Hap. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's true. Uh, but I don't think uh, because of Yankees, because of Tanaka's history with the Yankees, that right. I, I don't think that, that plays into the fact. It'll, it would more, more you know, be about how they line up. And the fastball trend, which we talked about uh, a week ago, is continuing. So in his three starts in September, he's thrown 34% fastballs, four-seam fastballs, less than 1% sinkers. So if you look at his pitch usage over the last five games, which has been fantastic... Uh, he's about 30% fastball, 30% slider, 30% splitters. He's a true three-pitch pitcher, which makes him, he takes that next step then from being solid to being very, very good, very effective. Because now you have to worry about three pitches, where before all they had to worry about was slider, splitter. Now you got to worry about fastball too. Well, and you know, the biggest thing is that they play off of each other. That fastball and the splitter play off of each other so much uh, that when Tanaka is throwing both of them, you know, effectively, and, and not even as long as he's showing it and, and you know, able to able to locate it. To me, 
he's a much more effective pitcher at that point because the splitter and the um, the fastball, you know, look very similar coming out of the hand, and you know the splitter drops off the face of the planet. So uh, it, they're both effective pitches. So to me, you need those uh, you need those two, and he needs those complement. And yeah, that the I'm glad that we've closed the gap on you know the um, the percentages between the pitches because to me it's it's crazy to to completely eliminate the fastball when you're trying to work. Uh, a splitter in there when when the two of them are are complementary pitches. I didn't really understand that. And I actually went back and looked at his September and October pitch usage last year because I was curious. Maybe he had the same trends last year. And he kind of did, but not really. So last September, October, um, Tanaka was great. He threw 20% four-seam fastballs and 8% sinkers. So you had about 28% hard pitches. Um, which is all close to the 30% four-seam fastballs, but this year he's completely ab- abandoned his sinker and just gone with the four-seam fastball. Yeah, and, you know, uh, he's obviously trying to find the, the way, what he, what he feels comfortable, how he's doing things, um, and, and how he can get through innings. And he's, he's definitely a, a cerebral enough guy where he can, he can fix it during the season. And whether it's Rothschild you know, talking to him and the, the two of them and, and Gary Sanchez and Austin Romine all game planning um, and, and how they're going to go about this. Or it's just Tanaka saying, this is what feels right and this is what I think I can do. I'd be very curious to see how those those meetings are going or how they're, they, you know, they get to the decisions on, on, on you know, what they're going to be throwing on a given. Um, I'm very curious about that whole thing. I, I would love to hear about that after the season. What well, do you just think with... Um what you mean why they made they tried to make the decision or if there yeah. was a, a conversation early uh in the middle of the season yeah. where Tanaka said I got to start using this fastball more I'm not being effective right or if it was Tanaka just early in the season saying I, I don't have the feel for this fastball so I'm not going to throw it as much or yeah. if it was you know if it was truly the the Rothschild you know influence throwing more breaking balls I mean it was it was pretty drastic the difference so oh um, April was insane yeah he basically didn't throw his fastball so th- to me, that's more of a that's that's definitely less of a, of a game plan and more of a a feel necessity thing where Tanaka just didn't feel right. Uh-huh. But again, I, you know, after the season, I, I hope one of the uh, the B guys asks him about that and and what spurred on the change in these percentages because to me, um, it's a it's an interesting conversation. It would be it would be interesting to hear how that process went. All right, so that ends the positivity on the podcast. The rest was garbage for the weekend. <laughs> well, Anduar, Anduar, look, Anduar was has been good. He hit the grand slam to come back in the game. Um, he was player Awful of the friend month. Clippard. Off, off of Clippard, specs Clippard. You gotta, you gotta feel good when you see Clippard coming in the game. Um, and you know Man, what? They should have felt good. To give us the game. They should have felt good when they saw Ken Giles come in the game too. But he definitely had the, uh, you know, he Gary Sanchez had an opportunity to bury Ken Giles forever. His career. Again. As a person, oh, I know, no, no, I mean, I mean, really bury him. You do that a second time, you're done. Like, that's it. I don't know how well, you come back Technically, he had two chances this weekend because he had an opportunity on su- Saturday and Sunday to do it. Right, but the Saturday would have hurt absolutely the most. Um, I don't and, know and, how you come back from 8-1 and make it 8-7, and then you can't complete that comeback. Well, how? They had all the momentum at that point. Show some nuts. Yeah, well, you know, it's not even so much that that pisses me off is it's it's the the fact that once you have that comeback, you look back at the all the opportunities with the bases loaded and and, and, bases and loaded, the squandered opportunities. Out. How how many of those happened? Uh, and that's when you start kicking yourself in the ass uh, just a lot more. But 
you know, is what it is. Andujar has been great. I mean, he has not taken his foot off of the pedal. He has been uh, full go. He was what rookie rookie of the month last year, and actually he had better numbers than JD Martinez, who won Player of the Month, um, and then he won Player of the Month this year. So he could have actually got uh, this last month. So he could have gotten back to back. Uh, if you ask me, but the guy's been phenomenal. So uh, he has another positive his, spot. His offense continues to be great, and it and although I, I say this as a positive thing, actually, that yeah. he has not let his defensive struggles, which I feel like have been getting worse, affect him at the plate. I just thought of something that I wanted to talk about that I forgot to put in the notes. So today was an interesting moment, right? So um, Miguel Anduar is with, uh, the Yankees have a one run lead, and Anduar is pulled for defense. Yeah, Hechevaria for Hechevaria. Yankees, uh, Yankees then go down one. No more Andrew Hart. Spot yep. comes up to hit in the ninth inning. Would have been the leadoff guy in the ninth inning. Neil Walker instead is now taking that spot. That's a good point. So, so uh, while his defense may have cleaned up, the fact that his defense has been bad all year took him out of the game or at least made that decision for Boone saying, I'm going to pull him to shore up the defense, took his bat out of the lineup, and, uh, and then the Yankees didn't have that opportunity in the ninth inning. And that was because of his defense. So 100%. Yeah. It's interesting. It's, and that's a real problem. That's a real I problem. That yeah, is a real problem. But it, there is, there's, even when his defense doesn't hurt you with the errors, it still can hurt you because if, if your bullpen is not holding up that lead and then you're coming back up, you, gotta now, you now have a, a defensive specialist in there and you have to now rely on your bench to whoever's uh, available to pinch it. So it hurt the Yankees at that point. Not to say that you know, it would have made a difference or not, whether he would have gotten a hit or not, who knows. But bottom line is... Uh, uh, you want Andujar up in that spot, and he wasn't available. Right. Bottom line is, you want Andujar instead of Neil Walker or most or anybody on the Yankees at this point. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's something that we have to look at. I think uh, you know how they're going to do that, and you know if if that's if that's going to be a, a thing. If that's if that we're trying to shore up defense at third base, um, and um, and make sure that even in a tight game, like. It's a it's it's a it's a double edged sword right there because you're you're trying to show up the defense in a tight game, but at the same time, it's a tight game. If your if your bullpen falters at all, then you know you need the bat. So at that point, Boone is 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 put between a spot where he's trying to show up the defense, um, but then has to have the complete faith that the the bullpen is going to hold that game. And Batanzas didn't hold the game. So well, do you disagree with the move to take him out for defense? I think when you look at what the bullpen um, has been doing, and Batantis has been so good in the eighth inning, and honestly, Britain has been very good. That's another positive if we're looking at positives. Britain has been very good in the ninth inning um, recently. He's, he, he's looking uh, much more like uh, the guy that we thought we traded for, which is a very good thing because if we can have him in there and you know, if Chapman can come back uh, next week, which they're looking at, you know, that could be uh, an extremely big bump for the Yankees in their, in their bullpen. So... Um, when you're looking at the guys that you have coming up with Batances and, and Britain and how well they've been pitching um, in those innings, then uh, you know I don't I don't hate the move because his defense is is, is an issue at third base. And if you um, if you're letting balls get by you on third base, that's two bases. And, and th- at that point, you have the tying run or go ahead run or whatever it is at that point um, in scoring position. So I don't necessarily right, that's disagree. Not, the reason they lost the game today is not because. And Duhar was was pulled for defense. It's because Batances wasn't able to lock down the eighth inning and the exactly. Yankees' offense after scoring two runs early off Thomas Pannone, who's a no-name pitcher, who you gotta bash his brains in. He ends up going deep into that game, and the Yankees do absolutely nothing. They're flat after the first inning, and they're kind of just sleepwalking through the game. Then all of a sudden, the eighth inning, it's like they snap out of it, 
It's like, oh shit, now we have to start playing. Well, the Blue Jays took the lead. So, and and you know, to Lance Lynn put another you know pretty good outing uh, together. So he's been better as as well as of late. So that's a that's a guy. And when we're talking about um, starting pitchers who have been good, and and if the Yankees are to get through this uh, this wild card and they actually end up going into a series, there's going to be a debate on who um, you know we're giving the ball to. If Lance Lynn is starting to pitch better. Maybe he's getting a ball in a, in a in a game three situation. Who the hell knows? <laughs> I don't know about game three. Maybe, maybe game, game four. four game instead four of possibly. Sabathia, who we're yeah. going to talk about in a minute. But I also want to talk about a play, uh, two plays actually from Sunday. So the first one is the the, the Batances uh, pickle play, where the comebacker is to him. There's a guy on third base, and he alligator arms it to Gary Sanchez. It was embarrassing to watch because you know how he cannot throw to bases. Yeah. Um, it was like a little lob toss. and it was then like Gary a, it was like a shot put. It was a shot put. And then Gary Sanchez doesn't do the right thing. He doesn't run the runner back to third base. He immediately throws the ball. It was just such a little league play. They're lucky they got the guy out. But you watch that play and you say, how are these two players defensively major leaguers? Well, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm not I'm not mad at Batantis for doing the shot put um, when he just has to get the ball there instead of trying to to throw it because he obviously has throwing problems. We know we've seen him try to throw the first base. It's a it's a disaster sometimes. So the shot put is a, a lot less damage can happen there. You just need to get the ball there in front of the runner. So I don't really hate that. Uh, Gary Sanchez definitely didn't do the right thing and didn't do this textbook thing and run him all the way back to third base so they can have a tag um, and continue to play. And then honestly, Batantis was in a spot where. Uh, he's he's not doing something he's used to. He's in a position where he could have very well gotten hurt because he was blocking the base path, and the runner slid directly into his legs, and you know even pulled up a little bit. Where uh, you know he, he was kind of like grabbing the back of the legs, making sure he didn't fall. But that could have been an ugly uh, situation at home plate as well. So uh, yeah, it's one of those things that you brush under because it doesn't get, really get noticed as much. There's um, not in the box. Nothing's in the box score. It's just an out in the box score. Well, but you and, watch the play and you say, oh crap. Yeah, but it was an out too. So like they got the guy. So a lot of people probably pass over that. But it was ugly. The other thing I want to talk about is when Stanton gets on third base, uh, because the left fielder decided to barehand the ball for some yeah. reason. Yeah. He's on third base with two outs, and he's you know how he can go halfway down the line because there's nobody at third base because they're shifting on Aaron Hicks. Mm-hmm. This is a situation if there's ever one to try and tie the game in the eighth inning, just friggin' bunt down the third base line, just poke the ball down the third base line. Instead, Hicks strikes out, especially when you struggle so badly with runners in scoring position like the Yankees do. You have to do something different eventually. You just keep doing the same shit over again. That is the definition of insanity. I tweet that out all the time. You keep doing the same thing over and over again. That is what insanity is. You keep striking out with runners in scoring position. Do something different for me one time. Uh, Yeah, I mean... I'm I'm good with, I'm good with trying this, something different. I hate this fucking team right now. <laughs> I'm I'm good with trying something different. Uh, at that point, it's uh it's 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 been ugly. Yeah, but when you have the whole left side, I mean, we've talked about this in the past. That you know how many how many major leaguers can't put, you know actually hit a ball where they wanted to. I mean the 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 game has changed so much. You're looking at guys, um, you know, in different decades, and you look at, at the different eras of baseball, and, and you know, there's a lot more bat control. I think with uh, with some of these other eras, the ball wasn't flying out of the ballpark like it is today, but the bat control and the way that these guys could um, could slap at the ball and, and just put it where they wanted to, it, it's not there. There aren't very many guys who could do that anymore. So I don't know how much confidence you got in Aaron Judge either or Aaron uh, Hicks uh, trying but to bunt either. It's, but 
it's a numbers game. And I look at the numbers and I see they do not hit well with runners in scoring position. So start if they were a 300 hitting team like the Red Sox are with runners in scoring position, then I say fine, keep doing what you're doing because it's been working all year. But what they've been doing all year has not been working. It's September 16th. This isn't let's just stick to the process anymore. It's let's try and do something different because it's been failing for the last two months. You also have to look at the, at the people up in a certain given position and, and see what their strengths are and look at the numbers game on that particular person as well. And, you know, I don't, I, I don't know off the top of my head how many I'm successful bunts Aaron Hicks has had this year or in his career. Oh, successful bunts. I don't know. I'm going to look up his runners in scoring position as we talk. Keep but there, there's, a, you know, there's, a, there's a time when you can look at the runners in scoring position as a whole. And to me, that doesn't really tell you <laughs> what you're supposed to do at that point. It's going to rub you. He's been good, hasn't he? No, he sucks. Uh, <laughs> 220 i mean so you know it's uh i again you're you're trying he's obviously trying to uh to get a base hit whether he feels more confident in in uh, trying to hit a single or trying to bunt down the line i don't know i just i don't think a lot of these guys are comfortable bunting honestly and i'm not even calling for boone to make that call because i'm done asking for boone to do that i know he's not going to do it but if you're aaron hicks in that situation you just had uh, the Blue Jays come back in a crushing inning there with Batances giving up a couple runs. Try, try and fire the team up here. Let, let me just attempt it once. Because if you attempt it once, maybe the third baseman has to respect you and come over. Yeah, I mean, look, there's there's things that could be different, but at the same time, like a, a guy like a guy like Aaron Hicks, one, I, I don't I don't question the, um, his intensity and in, like trying to do things. Like he's to me one of the more uh, intense, like very very intentional guys on this team who, who gets hyped up and, and is uh, certainly, you know, trying at all times to, to win the game and do his best. I, I, I don't ever question that. And if, if I'm Aaron Hicks and I'm in that position and I feel a lot better um, trying to put bat on ball and I'm more confident in trying to put bat on ball and hit a, a single or just, you know, try to hit a ball up the middle, then I'm probably going to do that rather than doing something that I'm not comfortable doing in a, in a position that uh, I could either bunt it right in front of me for the catcher or right back to the pitcher and look like an idiot. <clears throat> Did you know Aaron Hicks is a scratch golfer? He is a scratch golfer. I've heard that from someone. I forget. I feel like I was on Sundays. Someone's telling me that all the time. <laughs> it's uh, A-Rod's using <laughs> It's like, it's like a, a game between the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks and A-Rod just starts throwing out Aaron Hicks as a scratch golfer. And he's like, ah, crap, wrong bullet points. Yeah, yeah. Switch yeah. it up. <laughs> Switch the robot. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about Sabathia because so you mentioned that Sabathia um, has not been good. So last five starts, twenty-two and two-thirds innings, which is less than five innings per start. He's pitching to a six-thirty-five ERA, thirty-one hits allowed in those twenty-two innings, and an eight-forty OPS allowed. So he's been getting bombarded. He gave up three home runs on Saturday, and he's seven and seven on the season. And I know wins don't matter, but I figured I want to throw this stat out there anyway. The Yankees have paid Sabathia one point four million per win. It's, it's interesting to see how CC has finished this season. And I said, what, two weeks ago or uh, a couple of shows ago that I just, uh, I just have a, a different feeling about CC this year, the way that he's finished off uh, the season and how things have gone. I, you know, I, I think when we're looking at what, he's, what he is now, I think he is uh, certainly feeling his age a lot more right now. I think uh, a guy like him with the knee the way it is, I mean, he's already uh, had to, had to miss, some, miss some time because of the knee again this year. I feel like there's a there's a there's a very very uh, 
a very sharp cliff that he, he could fall off of, uh, you know, something that's, that's very steep that, that really doesn't give much. And, and when he's done, he's done. And, and I feel like we're at that point because um, he's another year older. The end of the season, we're seeing this guy not pitch well, not get deep into games, giving up home runs. It's just, it's not a, it's not sustainable. I, I don't know how. And to me, this is more of a, uh, not looking at how the Yankees could approach a series uh, with, with CC in there, because, you know, I think he's pitching himself out of that. Yeah. Um, but it's, I'm, I'm, I more think of like the macro version of, and what's going to happen with CC now? Like, is this, the, is this the end? Or are we talking about the end? I know he was talking it's, about this in the beginning of the season, <clears throat> but to me, that was a little premature because you got to see how you can finish it too. You got to see how your body's going to respond at the end of a long season. It's definitely a two is two different issues at, at um, topics here. So the first is short term. What does this mean for if the Yankees make it to a division series? Does Sabathia get a start? And I think that's way up in the air at this point. Um, I guess you got to go with whatever's whoever's pitching better at that point, Lynn yeah. or Sabathia, right? But no matter who it is in that spot, that guy's on a short leash. You got it. that's a two three inning type start, then go to your bullpen type game. I believe. Um, and then the the like you said the macro version is what does this mean for 2019 Sabathia? Right. Where if you'd asked me a month ago, I would have said it's it's no question Sabathia if he wants to pitch the Yankees are going to offer him again that 10 million contract which we were totally fine with in the off season. Yeah. When we heard that he signed for 10 one year 10 million, I was like great fine. But I don't know if they and I don't know if Cashman wants to do that again, especially when you have Hap who we're going to talk about in a second what he might expect uh, on the open market. Hap is somebody they're going to probably be targeting over Sabathia. Yeah, well, I, I think there's going to be some kind of an approach. I mean, the, the I don't want to talk too much about the offseason right now because we have a long offseason to talk about the offseason. But um, I, I feel like it's very relevant to look at, you know, what's what po- possibly is, is going to happen, uh, you know, come the season end. And, and I think I think what we're seeing now and, and the way that this team has sputtered is, is certainly going to go into the way that Cashman approaches things. Cashman obviously has not been shy to go out there and make a big move. We saw what he did with Stanton. Um, you know, he went out and got a guy like uh, McCutcheon uh, that, that didn't really cost much, but he, he made the move that, that he felt was best for the team. And at, the, Hap, at that point. I mean, Hap was a big acquisition. And Hap was too. A, good, a big acquisition as well. What I think there's going to be a, a bit of a, a shift in the way that they think and the way that they're going to approach next season is I don't think they're, they're going to enter this next season with uh, uh, you know some old guys on one-year contracts. I, I don't think that this team is there any longer. I think that we've, we've realized what the potential of this team is, and they need to start taking advantage of it right now. And I get that you know last year happened, and it was early. And I think that, that you know, made the expectations for everybody um, a lot a lot more uh, uh, grandiose and probably out of out of line. Uh, 2019 was always the year that we had kind of circled as the year that the Yankees and this team would would be ready to compete for a title. Like before last year happened, that was the year that we everybody was kind of circling. And when you look into next year and you start just looking at how these guys, uh, how Judge and all the uh, the core guys have time under their belt and have major league experience now. You better damn well start taking advantage of that. And I don't think Cashman's going to go in with a guy like CeCe Sabathia on a one-year contract, knowing damn well that his health is up in the air, how he finishes the season is up in the air. I think he's going to go out and bolster that that starting rotation, and he's not going to be shy about it. I think he's going to go after guys, and I think he's going to lock up five solid guys for this rotation for next year, and then have guys like Jordan Montgomery that might be able to come back in the middle of the year, and guys in the uh, minor leagues that could contribute at some point. But I think he's going to go out there and sign guys that are you know whether uh, that are no doubters in the sense that 
um, age and health is not going to be a reason. Well, and I think um, that gets uh, that gets rid of CC automatically. And I think, right. honestly, uh, Brett Gardner's not not in the rotation, but uh, still, I think in in that uh, in that mix for that that type of um, mindset shift. And when you look at how things are trending recently, both with Sabathia and Gardner, they're trending down. Yes. And that's going to play a big factor in if they want to give CC another one-year contract and if they want to pick up that one-year option on Gardner. And then on the flip side, you have Hap, who is finishing strong. And right. he's had a really solid season. I know he's going to be 37 next year, but he's only a year younger than Sabathia. But you can't even compare how they're really finishing the season here. And MLB Trade Rumors had a really good article about what Hap might expect in the open market, and they compared him to Lackey and Rich Hill, who similarly were entering age 37 seasons coming off strong years. They each signed for $16 million AAV. Lackey was a two-year deal. Hill was a three-year deal. I could see Hap looking for that same type of deal. I don't think he's going to get a three-year deal at age 37. I think just you know the, the mental thought of having a guy sign for age 40 – is is just one of those, um, and Cashman might be scared of it. Certainly. Well, yeah, and and, and it looks bad, honestly. Like that's it's a it's a there's ramifications for for knowing that you have a guy signed locked up for a, a year forty, who who you're signing uh, at age thirty seven. I don't know. It's just to, to me, it's just one of those eyeball things that doesn't doesn't jive well. Uh, maybe there's an option in there somewhere, but uh, to me, a two year contract. And and you're right. When you're looking at when I, when I mean old uh, guys that that health is an issue. Like I, I don't think Hap has, has shown that health is an issue. Uh, he seems to be in, in you know fine shape. The guy is throwing well. Um, doesn't really to me. He's a young thirty seven, uh, if that's a thing. Um, but he he looks like he could do it. And I'm not saying that they're going to like circle him as as one of their guys that um, you know will be a, a major contributor. Because I expect if they were to go after a guy like Hap and then sign him, he would be a four or five guy. Because I do a hundred percent think and probably a five guy. I think they're going to go after a guy like Corbin. I think they're going to go after um, another, whether it's by trade or free agency, they're going to go after two or three uh, pitchers and, and, and really solidify this, this, uh, this pitching staff because they know what they have with their young guys. They have their core. They're, they're good. They have that 19, that 1996 core, right? That they're, that everybody like the way that they've built this team in the sense that they're trying to get young through the farm. They've done that. Now they need to solidify it and add the free agents, and they've done that with with uh, Stanton on the on that side and a, a few other guys. But they need to solidify that pitching staff so that these other guys can flourish, and they have um, you know a solid rotation because obviously pitching is the big problem. Uh, and the luxury tax won't be an issue next year. We kept yeah. talking about well, they need to get under the luxury tax because maybe they're going to be in on Machado or Harper, but maybe in, it, they, it's not position player and it's pitching that, yeah. that they spend the big money on. But I, I don't know. I, I, uh, Wally Matthews, when I talked to him last episode, brought up a good thing that really Cashman has not gone big for a free agent starting pitcher since '09. So it's been a long time before he's extended himself five, six, seven years on a starting pitcher. And that's what Corbin is going to be asking for. He's going to be 30. He's not going to sign a four-year deal. He's going to sign probably – he's going to probably ask for seven, probably get six. Yeah. When's the, the last yet time the Yankees won the World Series? I forget. I forget. What, what year was that? But and Sabathia turned out fantastic, but AJ Burnett was a complete disaster. Uh, yeah, I mean, th- it's a it, look. It's a roll of the dice. There's no doubt about it. And I think I think you have to identify the uh, the the player and see what they are as well. I mean, I, I'm not going to go out there and say that it worked in in one year um, and it will work again or it won't work again because the players are very different. Obviously, it depends. But at the same time, it's it's, it's such a different situation. Whereas in '09, they're building the team. Basically, you know, they have some some guys that are that have been there, 
but they're building through free agency at that point, right? Like they're trying. They also to go out had there. to win. Then they had to win again yes. with Jeter and Posada and all those guys. They really want to win, but they don't have to win in 2019 because they're going to be good again in 2020. Right, but if you can go out and lock up a guy that's a, a, a starting pitcher that you believe will come in and effectively do well for this team, knowing that that you can you can have hit that guy that that guy who's going to do well for you know five six years whatever it is, and you know what you already have with the young guys in in Sanchez and Judge and I can't even say Bird anymore, but you know with like a lot of these and and Andujar and Torres, you know what you have. You have a solid core of offensive players. You need to solidify that rotation. And honestly, you look in the minor leagues, and we're looking at um, at Justice Sheffield, but there's there's not that many other guys behind him that that are well, that are going to be Sheffield, big Sheffield, big starting yeah. pitchers. That, that well, Sheffield just got called up, and then we saw flashes from Herman, who also just got called up, and Loisica, who were are all starting pitchers. Hopefully, competing for a number five spot next year. One thousand percent, Brian Cashman is not going to depend on any of those guys. None of them have been the lockdown you, you shutout don't see guy. Brian that they Cashman think. going into 2019 saying Sheffield, Chance Adams, Domingo Herman, and Loisica are going to be fighting for a five rotation spot in spring training. Uh, I, I no, I don't. I don't think he's going to do it. I don't think he's going to say that. That's he's going to be. Uh, they're going to be going for that five. I think that they're every one of them is going to start in the minor leagues, and if they prove that they can get up there and they show, then they'll figure something out. But no, I don't think, I don't think he's going to do that again. I don't. Well, that's a lot of work in the offseason because yeah. right now you have Severino, Tanaka, and that's it because Sonny, Sonny Gray is not a lock for anything. Um, Sabathia, you, we just said, Sabathia might not even be on the roster anymore. And if they sign Hap, that means they got to sign Hap. they got to sign two more free agents too. I think a lot of it's going to depend on how this the season ends. Honestly, if they if they make another deep run, um, and and things work out in a in a positive way, then it could absolutely change things a little bit. But if if they are to you know if they're to get knocked out in the division series, or if they, God forbid, lose a wild card spot, or whatever the the, the fate is, if they were you know to exit early. I got to believe that there's going to be a lot of ramifications for that, and they have a team that's position player ready. They're position player ready where they could add a, you know, a piece or two uh, that honestly doesn't need to be a Machado or a Harper. It doesn't need to be one of those guys. It could be, um, it could be somebody that's, that's to, to a lesser degree, but you have to add pitching. You cannot go into next year unless you add uh, another solid, like very solid one, two, possibly three guys, but at least two. Not one, not two, not one, not, not two. three. Because if that's going to happen, if you are going to win one or two or three championships, if you're even thinking about that, you better goddamn solidify that rotation. And if they, I, I don't think that the organization has a ton of confidence in any of these starting pitchers that are coming up. Like they want Justice Sheffield to well, be that guy. Sheffield is the only one with elite prospect status at this right. point. And and I just I you know I think they're worried about his control. Uh, well, one one big thing for for Sheffield over his relief appearances, he's only walked one guy in. I believe it was thirteen, uh, yeah, thirteen or third innings, only one walk. Good for him. He's got to clean that up. That's like that's the biggest thing for him is to clean up these uh, this this control issue because if he's having control problems and he comes up to the major leagues, it's not gonna uh, it's not gonna end it. well. Yeah, forget it's not gonna it. end well. And I, I think you know maybe that a lot of this was the reason they delayed him coming up was to get that experience and to get as much you know as as much of this uh, uh, experience as that he possibly could in AAA, um, you know towards the end of the season. But um, 
I, I just I don't think they can go into a a season or into first spring training, uh, no, just assuming that Justice Sheffield is going to take that five spot. You can't do that. Not at this right, point. We're gonna <clears throat> we're gonna get into mailbag questions, but before we do that, I want to call out everybody who has listened to more than let's say five episodes of this podcast. If you have listened to more than five episodes of this podcast and have not given us a rating and review in iTunes, then shame on you. <laughs> because that means you enjoy us enough to give us, to, to give us another chance to listen to us, to listen to us blab about the Yankees and, and get pissed off when they suck and get excited when they do well. So go give us a five-star rating and review if you enjoy the podcast. As we've said a thousand times, it helps us out immensely and um, is really the number one thing that listeners of the show can, can do for, for us. Since they are free, just give us a rating and review. Just a quick rating and review, that's it. It's not too much. Mm-hmm. Two seconds. Also, submit mailbag questions for every Monday episode, bronxpinstripes.com slash podcast to do that. And you can also find us on Twitter at Yankees Podcast. And the Facebook group is the Bronx Pinstripe Show, Instagram, Bronx Pinstripes, uh, all that good stuff. First up, mailbags, Anthony Rook Troisi. With Judge scheduled to return soon, how do you think the outfield will shake out? Does Gardy see the bench with McCutcheon, Hicks, and Judge in the outfield and Stanton at DH? I would assume they will be careful with Judge returning and give him a few days off, giving Gardner mm-hmm. some playing time. So I think the interesting thing here is against righties, what does Boone do with McCutcheon and Gardner? Yeah, that'll be interesting to see how, how, it, how he goes with, uh, with the right-handed bats. And um, if, if McCutcheon is playing well, I think at this point, I think Boone really likes McCutcheon. I think that we're going to start seeing. We have seen him a lot, uh, a lot more, um, even against uh, you know, even against against pitchers that you would think that Brett Gardner would get the spot. We've seen McCutcheon. Uh, I think I think Brett Gardner is. You know, he's he's not, obviously not had uh, a good end of the season. And I, I and feel look at like, his splits against righties: two thirty three, three twenty six, three seventy eight. Yeah, it's uh, not good. Not good at all. I mean, I guess three twenty six, considering a two thirty three. Batting average isn't a bad on base percentage, but Gardner's always been a patient hitter. But you're getting this actually getting has a worse, similar thing, yeah, from a cut. He has really bad splits against righties, and if if he's not going to be hitting righties, he's certainly not going to play there against lefties. Um, I think the big thing is though, if Cutchin does not feel comfortable in left field, yes, uh, if McCutcheon doesn't feel comfortable in left field, then Gardner, you got to play him because he's a better defender. Defensively, there's no doubt about it that Brett Gardner is a better uh, left fielder for sure. There's no doubt. I mean, there's that's to me not even an argument. Um, but you know, if McCutcheon's playing well, I would not be surprised if Boone were to play him even against um, right-handed pitchers. I, I just think uh, I think Gardner is is splitting time big time. But again, it also depends on on what Aaron Judge is feeling and how he's doing this because this could be a moot point. Um, you know, we need to see how he comes back and, and how he feels at the plate because I think the, the first couple games of him swinging and actually, uh, you know, taking, taking live pitches in a game is going to be very telling in how he feels. I, I, I'm, I'm really I'm nervous. Very, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, nervous I, too. I, to, look, to look beyond those first two games to me is like very premature. We got to see how, how that happens because I, I can absolutely see a scenario where it's not comfortable and they pull the plug. Mm-hmm. Uh, and McCutcheon has now four homers as a Yankee, so four of his ten hits have gone out of the ballpark. Um, hit another home run on Sunday. Leadoff homer, thought maybe that would be good things for the game. Wasn't the case. And, and to, to McCutcheon's credit, too, in the leadoff spot, he's been very good, and he's, uh, you know, he's going to give you a similar at-bat to, uh, to Brett Gardner in the sense that he works the count, he's extremely patient, he's got a really good eye, um, and you know he can give you 
uh, that, that very, very good at bat in that leadoff spot, um, whether it's a righty or a lefty. So I think there's a lot of confidence in, in McCutcheon uh, at this point too. So I think that's, uh, you know, that's playing to, to, to where Gardy is at this point right now in, in, We've also, in where we are. Yeah. We've also seen Gardner batting ninth, even when he is in the, in the lineup. So yeah. say he's playing left field and McCutcheon's not playing, I think you're going to see Hicks leading off and, instead of Gardner. Yeah. The next couple questions are kind of go hand in hand, so I'll read them back to back. First one's from Greg B at gbout35 on Twitter. Would you rather just lose the wild card or win the wild card and get swept by the Sox in the ALDS? Of course, it's World Series of bust or bust, but that's not the question. And then the next one's from Joe at Joseph underscore P7. Uh, <clears throat> were the World Series expectations on this year's team unrealistic given the strength of the American League? And if not, what is the expectation for the team going into the playoffs? All right, I'll go first. Um, the, uh, I'll, I'll, let me talk about, or let me get this, this, uh, this painful question out of the way first. Um, <laughs> which would I rather do? If those are my only two options, would I rather lose in the wild card game, which would be at home, uh, I'll just say it's at home or to make it hurt more or uh, would I rather be swept by the Sox in the ALDS? So if I'm choosing one of those, if you have a gun to my head, I'm going to say rather be swept by the Sox in the ALDS because what that means is they had an opportunity in the ALDS in a series to go out there and win and then they and they they took care of what they needed to in the wild card. So mm-hmm. um, I hate that question. I hate that you made me answer that question, but that's what I would do. The second Before part you of, go on, yeah. I, I agree with you, and here's why. Because losing in the wild card after everything that's happened this season is an unmitigated disaster. Yeah. Where if you lose to the Red Sox, who are the best team in baseball this year, I know it's the Red Sox, but that is not an unmitigated disaster. It's going to suck, but it's not a disaster. Go when on. you're talking about expectations and, and being unrealistic for World Series expectations after what happened last year, given the strength of the American League, uh, no, I don't think it's I don't think it's unrealistic to say that this team had you know aspirations to get to the World Series. I don't think it's unrealistic for 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 uh, fans to say look at this team to look at what they were trotting out in the beginning of the season of 2018, and say yes, this team is built. This team can absolutely go to is a World Series contender the way that they're built. You have Sonny Gray for an entire year. At that point, we had we had blinders on. We, we thought we were going to get Sonny Gray. Uh, this this guy that was going to uh, you know win twenty games if you're listening to me like to, to me I, I thought even if he was bad even if he was mediocre he could go out there and, and win um, you know a ton of games because if you're getting some depth with the way that this offense is going you're still going to win games and you know when you're looking at the way that the roster made is made up and and the way that they came out of spring training and the way that they finished the year before all that experience you're like yes. This team absolutely can build off of that. So I don't think it's unrealistic to say that. What I think it did is it built our expectations up to a point where now we can be disappointed so easily because our expectations were high. It was, a, it, was a, it was an unfair thing to do, I think, maybe for them. But as fans, it just hurts more because you now have these expectations if you're looking at what happened last year. And it just makes you know the fact that you're not getting there uh, that much worse, but I don't think it's unrealistic. I think it was absolutely realistic when you look at the makeup of the team going into the year. Can you so don't, do you agree that people were um, disappointed with Sonny Gray's performance for the Yankees in 2017 after the trade? Yeah, he was not. He was not the guy. He was not horrible, but he wasn't the guy that we Could, expected. He had a 3.72 ERA and 11 starts. Can you imagine how much everybody would take that right now? Oh, dude, Sunday. he would have won 20 games if he had a three... What was it? Three what? Three, seven, two. I, I shit you not. <laughs> I, 
when I'm thinking that like when I when I said that early in the season, early in the season in spring training, okay, I was looking at a guy like I'm think th- what I'm thinking in my head is four zero. If he comes out and lays an egg with a four zero ERA, I bet he could still win twenty games. He could have like a Rick Porcello type year where he's just going to win games, getting through the fifth. Schemes, the team's going to score a lot of runs, and you could see that happen. I, I, I absolutely could see that happen. But if he outperforms that and he actually does, you know, has a good season, like this guy's going to be. He could win a, a ridiculous amount of games with this team, and he just was, you know, <laughs> off the charts bad. Like, there's no words horrible, for how bad like, he was. The the worst possible thing you could imagine is what happened, and <laughs> and uh, so yeah, the the he was he did not meet expectations when he came that last year because he, he, had okay. lowest, he, he had the lowest he had the lowest ERA okay. of starting pitchers in the American League coming over to the Yankees at the trade, the lowest. Maybe the second lowest, but it was up there, top three. No, it was lowest since June first. Fine, whatever. It was it was good. <laughs> it's a little different. It was good, really good. And then it you was, get he him. was trending in the right direction. My God, and then he did not perform up to expectations, but he was still okay. And if he was just okay this year, you know the Yankees are not going to we're not going to win the division with the way the Red Sox are going. But maybe we're sitting here with a six game lead over Oakland, and we don't have to stress for the next two weeks. It would have been a very different season. He completely screwed our season. Honestly, I mean, Sonny it's Gray not made just a him. I mean, him. Oh, it's, Greg it's a Bird. big. It's a big on him. I think Greg it's a Bird lot as on well. Him. Gary Sanchez as Fine. well. There's a number of reasons that there the are Yankees a number of have. reasons. But you know yeah. what? Sonny Gray was the reason why <laughs> the, he was such a pivotal point because the Yankees were. We're, we're depending on him as the number three guy who's going to come in and po- possibly number two guy who's going to come in and solidify the top of that rotation. And he shit the bed in the worst possible way and changed everything. Changed everything. Yep. Austin Indeed. Romine filled in pretty well for Gary Sanchez. Like there was a guy that actually played pretty decent for, for Gary Sanchez. No, you did not get the production that you thought you were getting from Sanchez, but he played pretty damn admirably. He came in and played well. First base, Neil Walker was awful for the first, what, until June, whatever, 30th or the middle of June, end of June. Then he came and started playing well and there were guys filling in. Like th- that wasn't the reason. Yes, there was lack of production, but the Yankees still were playing well when those guys were not. Sonny Gray was awful, and they were losing games even when they were good. They were losing games when he was pitching. Right, right. Do you remember the quote he had? Yes. I feel like we're the best team four out of five days, and then I go out and pitch. And that was the case in April, May, and June. The Yankees would go out there, and they win four out of five. In the one game that right. Sonny Gray went out there, they'd just get demolished through three innings. And that's why he's the worst thing that happened to this season. That's why. Even, even when everything was going well, Sonny Gray was still freaking god-awful. Sonny Gray has not pitched in two weeks, in, or in a week and a half, and we somehow managed to just shit all over him for five God, minutes. he pisses me off. All right, final question. Piero Lostrapo, who will start the wild card game? Now I'm just joking. Do you see the Yankees giving Voigt the first base position starting next season? That was good. Um, I didn't even read that. I was like, come on, dude. Um, uh, no, no, absolutely not. They're going to, I mean, I think that he could, um, he could, he could, you know, he'll, he'll be in the mix, but I, I don't think that that's, that's going to be his will be job. fighting it out, right? I mean, the bird's going to get another shot. He's going to keep getting shots from the Yankees because they want Greg Bird to be the Greg Bird home run off Andrew Miller, Greg Bird. I don't know. I, 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 just, I, feel, like, I feel like this is different this year. There's not, not to say that they're going to you know, end, the, uh, end the experiment. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen, but I could see them solidifying it. Like, you know, People are talking about this Machado thing. If Machado was an actual reality and, and they brought him in, like, to me, 
to me, if you're doing that, you move Andujar over to first base and you make him into a first baseman. And you, or do you trade Andujar for a starting pitcher? God, no. Not at that point. You turn him into a first base. You, the way Andujar has been playing, I feel like he's become untouchable at this point. Interesting. I disagree. I think, he's, I think he's played into that. Yeah, okay. I mean, I I'm, I'm not saying you're I didn't think, crazy. I, well, but no. I, I, I would I, still trade Andujar for the right starting pitcher. I, I, the, I would not trade Gleyber Torres still, even though Andujar is going to beat him out for rookie of the year. I would still not trade Gleyber Torres for a starting pitcher. I, so what's the reasoning there? Why? I think Gleyber Torres is, is uh, going to be a better player for the next 10 years than Miguel Andujar is. And I've, I understand that Miguel Andujar has been tremendous offensively. He's been the most consistent offensive player yeah. for the Yankees this year. But he also is the worst defensive third baseman in baseball. And I don't see that suddenly turning around. So uh, there's so to, in the beginning, before the uh, or around the All Star break, when we were talking about the trade deadline and, and what was going to happen, like I was of the thinking that they're going to take advantage of the. Uh, I could see them taking advantage of Andujar at that point, and 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 the way that he's come out of the gate and hit uh, very well, and trade him at a at, at top price at that point, right? And go out there and try to get a pitcher for for him at that point. But now that he has continued to hit and continued to me, he looks like a guy that's going to be a, you know, a, a, a guy that's going to hit 290, 300 for the rest of his career because he gets bat to ball so frequently. And, you know, he's he's got ice in the veins up there. He is calm, cool, collected at that plate. That dude is a major league hitter and he's going to rake for the rest of his career. I, I just I don't think that he needs to hit good pitches. I think that he can hit every pitch like that's the type of guy we're looking at. So I think my, my, my opinion has changed on him long term. I, I thought maybe that they were just you know catching lightning in a bottle and he wasn't going to be that hitter. I've changed my mind. I think he is going to be that hitter. Um, I think Torres is, is also that, that guy, and I think they will both grow. I absolutely think that Andujar could make very good strides at third base. I think a lot of the, the problems that we're seeing are very, 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 very fixable things. It's footwork and timing. He's got a good glove. He still has good reaction speeds. I don't think that um, his the the instincts at third base are bad. And to me, if you have good instincts, you can clean up a lot of that other stuff. I think he can clean up his his defense. I absolutely do. I realize that people are probably going to start calling me an Andujar hater now. Well, no, you you do hate short people. You hate um, you hate toe. I I think that's uh, you know I don't think that that people are going to say that you hate him I, because love, I think that there's Andujar, a real thing, but. I think there's a real thing that the Yankees are going to have to get rid of somebody that that um, well honestly at this point we're looking I mean, at you're not going to get anything for Clint Frazier. No, yeah, if you're, is that what you were going to say? I mean, Clint Frazier well in the lost season this year, now with concussion issues going yeah, forward, yeah, his value is at an all time low. Right. I, I still think he could be a great player, but no one's going to give you um, value for that anymore. No, and and you're looking at a guy like uh, so like the the two big piece the two big pieces that the Yankees had in their back pocket who are not in the major league roster were, were or that were not um, you know starting in the major leagues were Frazier and uh, and Floriel and Floriel was you know had an injury this year as well still I mean he's still a high prospect but I still I still think that they they want him to uh, to grow and to see where they are like you're not getting the most value for him at that point so I can absolutely see what you're saying with Andujar uh, if they were to solidify a third base in another way um, right but oh but, only but, yeah only but, okay but first, so let me also say that if you're only way I'm trading in Duhar is if you're bringing in Machado for third base. Right. Then I will be okay with trading in Duhar. Otherwise, no thanks. 
the problem is, is that now first base is still a very big problem. And if you can fix yep. both problems, um, because I, I mean, I absolutely think Andy Hart could go over to first base and, and, and be fine. Um, so I think that you're, you're <laughs> okay. solving some problems there. But why you say that like so, so casually, I do. I say it casually because I, I, I really think that his defense is going to be fixed. I think it could be fixed. There's no doubt. I really have. Um, I, I think he's got some bad tendencies right now, and I think they're, they're youthful things that he's gotten into some bad habits. And I think a full, uh, a full offseason with, uh, with knowing that, you know, where, where the Yankees are with him at, at this point and knowing what their, their path is for Andujar, that they could fix this stuff. I think that he's absolutely fixable, just like I think Gary Sanchez is fixable. And I hope you're right because I would rather the Yankees keep Andujar. I'd rather watch homegrown Yankees be Yankees for a long time than give uh, Manny Machado $300 million to play third base. I'd rather that happen. Um, but I, I, I just, I, I, like we said for uh, 20 minutes ago, the pitching is such a major issue that they're going to have to do something. And if it's not free agency, then it's going to be trade, trade market. So who are the assets that they, that they can trade? And Andujar is a ripe asset right now. Yeah, there's no doubt. They have, they have, uh, it'll be interesting to see how Cashman approaches that. All right, that's going to do it for us. Um, any last words, Scott, before we get out of here? Off day on Monday and then the Red Sox series. Uh, don't forget, everybody, day game on Tuesday. Uh, Yum Kippur, that's why it's a day game. Yeah, that's, uh, that'll be a good series, I think. <laughs> I don't even know what to think anymore, honestly. Like, are, these, are they going to play to the competition? Are they not going to play to the competition? Last time uh, they played the Red Sox, they got swept four games. So yeah. whoa, where was the competition then? It would be, it would be very awesome if on Thursday we came back and they had two uh, to three wins against the Red Sox and were playing, all of a sudden they turned it around uh, against a team that they they felt like they had to and they just they started playing good baseball. That would be that would that's what I wish for. Can I just can I get, don't make me watch the Red Sox celebrate at Yankee Stadium. The Red Sox are going to win the, cha- gonna, the win the uh, uh, division championship. Just don't let me have to watch that them circling the mound. At, at uh, Yankee Stadium. There's a high probability that you're going to see that happen. Yeah, I know. And then, I don't know if they'll be it on the mound, but it'll be champagne in the uh, in the clubhouse. So the Yankees... That should be Yankees... motivation for the Yankees to not allow that to happen. Let it happen next Friday. Can, I don't give a shit. Can one of the clubhouse guys please, please, make sure that this doesn't happen. If they do, if they end up doing this and there is a, uh, a champagne order that has come in, forget about that order. Don't put it in. Don't maybe place it. Like just like replace it with Andre, so they have just crippling Shoot. hangover things. <laughs> That's a good idea. Straight Andre. Worst <laughs> headache of all time is is is, uh, is a lot of Andre. There's no doubt, or a little of Andre. <clears throat> all right, we'll talk to you guys on Thursday. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe, so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show. We'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. 
Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. 